Hey guys, and thank you for joining us. This is ID Sports, and today we are recapping the NFC North. Steve, 2020 was a heck of a year for the NFC North. Are you ready to get into it? Oh man, this was arguably one of the more exciting divisions out there, in my opinion. Start with the top, Green Bay Packers. Packers finished the NFC best 13-3 and three and had the number one seed all throughout the NFC playoffs. They sputtered at the end. They lost to Tampa in the NFC Championship game, but let's look at their offensive contributors throughout the season. You had Aaron Rodgers, 375 completions for 4,299 yards, 48 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 146 rushes, and 3 rushing touchdowns. He was quarterback number 3 in fantasy football. Then you had Aaron Jones, 201 attempts, 1,104 yards, nine touchdowns. You had Jamal Williams, 119 attempts, 505 yards, two touchdowns. You also had 31 receptions for 236. You had Devontae Adams, 115 receptions, 1,374 yards, 18 touchdowns. He was wide receiver number one in fantasy football. MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 33 receptions for 690 and six touchdowns. You had Alan Lazard, 33 receptions. And Robert Tanyan, 52 receptions for 586 and 11 touchdowns. He was tight end number three in fantasy. Steve, your 2020 Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yeah, the Packers are always interesting in fantasy football. And interesting in this case isn't always a good thing. And, and, and when we talk about when we talk about the receivers in a little bit, uh, it's going to kind of contradict one of my points about fantasy uh, opportunity equals fantasy production because the Packers have three weapons that you will always know produce Rogers Jones and Adams. They're always going to show up. Normally the rest of the be- the players are bench players that you'll throw in. If you absolutely have no other choice and hope they produce, let's look at Alan Lazard weeks the, in weeks one through 16. He played nine games and scored 78.6 that averages out to 8.73 points in PPR, which is, is a solid, it's a solid wide or three right wide receiver. Number three numbers. If you're getting eight, seven, but when you deep dive into into his stuff, you, I noticed that there are only three games that he scored more than ten points. When, and that becomes more complicated because when you take out that uh, those three great games, you have six games left. When he scored twenty eight point seven points, and divide that by the six, he averages out to four point eight uh, four point seven eight points, which is terrible. And then when you and then MVS, he played fifteen games. Scored 103, and he averaged 6.91 because he had four, four goose eggs, and one of those goose eggs was a, a negative 0.4 points because he yeah. Fumbled. So I'm going to stop you right there because he did not play 16 games. He did not play 16 games. 15, he was 15. he was a decoy. He was not in. I mean, it's just. I, I played 16 games on the couch like MVS played 16 games, but I, <laughs> I would argue that the the top three is actually going to be Rodgers, Jones, Devontae Adams, and Robert Tanya. Don't forget about Robert Tanya, the tight end three. We'll on the talk season. about him in a minute. So we'll talk about him in a minute, but for me, this season was all about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. I had him top five at number five when his ADP was number 11. He finished the season running back five. I had him 1,100 yards. He finished with 1,070 yards. I had him at eight rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. He got eight rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. So I, I got to take my victory lap first. Um, and take you know, that we victory were hearing, lap. 
we were hearing people talk about AJ Dillon like he was the next coming. I was always off on AJ Dillon. I want everyone to know that right now. Just because he looks good in shorts doesn't mean he's going to be a fantasy production. We talked about uh, places Aaron Jones could have landed, and I said, let's not forget about the Packers. He's their best weapon. They they could pull out the the checkbook, and hey, they did. So again, AJ Dillon is nothing. Aaron Jones is the guy. If AJ Dillon was even that level, he would be the starting running back on the team right now. So not only does that tell you exactly how good Aaron Jones is, it also tells you how not reliable the Packers or not ready the Packers think A.J. Dillon is. Yeah, and, um, you are absolutely correct there. You know, I, I, you know, when when he was first drafted, it was like, oh, Lafleur is taking somebody who could be a Derrick Henry clone in some weird way and i'm just like uh, no you have aaron jones there like i was i was on your side with your arguments about his stats for for a while there so you know the aj dylan's just gonna be somebody who will spell jones he might have some he might 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 have some flex but yeah but i i just want to I, I just want to touch on one thing that you were talking about with tanyan you know it, it because while mvs and lazard were not consistent um it, tanyan was actually pretty consistent he, he um he played 50 he, he played more than 50 percent of the snaps each game and caught 88.1 percent of his balls that is a high catch percentage and um it, you know Five out of his fifteen games were were you know bus games. They were under the nine point five mar um, nine point five margin that I w- that I look at for tight ends. Um, so if, if Tanyan shows up, it, the, the, he's a restricted free agent. Um, I don't think he's going to get an offer sheet. But if he shows up again, the the Packers have a legit number two wide receiver behind Adams. Absolutely, and there was a five game stretch in there. Um, I think that was like week six to week ten. During that time span, he kind of did disappear. He had one good game in that five-game stretch. But if you take away that five-game stretch, he scored in almost every other game. And it's not... He had one three-touchdown game. That was his only multi-touchdown game of the season. There were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games where he scored, where he found the end zone. So I think that mm-hmm. he is part of the plan moving forward. And Absolutely. I mean, that that is subject to change during the NFL draft. But I think right now, if we take away that cold spell that he had, he was only a couple points away from being tight end two or even tight end one. So I think that that should be seen as the ceiling. Exactly. And you know, you, you keep on talking about every year you keep on talking about Aaron. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust you, he's not going to throw to you. He trusts Robert Tanya. He's going to have, he should have another big year. Let's move on and talk a little about the Chicago bears. Now, Chicago had a heck of a season, a little quarterback carousel going on there. However, <laughs> they did nail the number seven seed. They found themselves in the playoffs, and here is why. Mitchell Trubitsky, 199 completions, 2,055 yards, 16 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Quarterback number 27 in fantasy football. You had Nick Foles, 202 completions, 1,852 yards, 10 touchdowns, eight interceptions. David Montgomery, 247 attempts. 1,070 yards, 10 touch, uh, eight touchdowns, also 54 receptions for 428 and two. That landed him at running back number four. We'll get back to that. Allen Robinson, 102 receptions, 1,250 yards, six touchdowns. Darnell Mooney, 61 receptions for 631 and four. Yeah, Jimmy Graham, 50 receptions for 456 and eight. So despite 
a poor season. You still had some very solid fantasy production here on the Chicago Bears, Steve. Let -hmm. us know what you thought about 2020. Yeah, um, the Bears, in my opinion, had a solid offensive core surrounding quarterbacks that were just mediocre. You know, I I mean, Mitchell Trubisky kind of turned it up towards the end, but still, you know, a a good example, they had a rookie Darnell Mooney. This kid... This kid, if I have him in dynasty or keeper leagues, if I'm in the keeper league, I'm going to consider keeping him. He has he has speed, he runs good routes, and he's a great complement to Allen Robinson. The other player that I really liked that came on towards the end of the fantasy season was Cole Komet. Um, I didn't put him in the contributors because it, you know when you look at the rest of the his stats for the season, eh, not really there. Um, but you know, let's see how he fares in year two. He'll not be a rookie, um, and he's going to be more than he's going to be more younger and more dynamic than Jimmy Graham, who is a good red zone weapon. He got he had eight touchdowns, tight end number eleven in fantasy. Um, however, as much as I do like Komet, um, he will not be a true fantasy gem until Jimmy Graham is off the roster because Jimmy Graham is just really good at catching those touchdowns. I agree there. Now, I think about the NFC North, and suddenly they are one of the top divisions in all of football from the running back position. Guess what? I want to talk about the running back position again. Because David, David opportunity. David Montgomery showed up and he showed out in 2021. That's exactly what happened. Fifth in rushing yards. Exactly. Fourth in half PPR points. Eighth in average points per game. Only three of the top 10 point per game players in 2020 ended up in the top 10 Mm. and he's the only three of them played 15 games. So let me, let me repeat that stat for you of the top 10 point per game running backs. Only three played 15 games or more. Dave Montgomery was one of them. So what he might have lacked in spectacular games, he made up in just being on the field. Sometimes in this Mm -hmm. game, you just got to put your cleats on and that's enough. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, it's my saying, you know, opportunity uh, opportunity leads to production, leads to fantasy points. Absolutely. Now, I think it's time that David Montgomery starts getting taken a little more seriously in fantasy. 247 rushing attempts, um, and he was the number one in rushing attempts by almost mm-hmm. 200. <laughs> you had Cordero Patterson, 64 touches. That was second most among running back positions, and he's barely <laughs> running back at that. He also had 68 targets. The next leading running back had nine. That is Tariq Cohen. So while I love David Montgomery, um, I definitely 100% think that if they don't add a running back, the Bears, David Montgomery should be where he is. However, he may also be one of the players that stands the most to lose because rarely do you see a running back with 75% of the carries on the team. And what is that? 80% of the targets out of the backfield. And that, while you say opportunity, that opportunity can change like that. Now we can predict exactly. whether it will or won't, but I like David Montgomery. And right now, if I had a stat, I'm out for next season. I would probably have, have him as a top six running back. Is Tariq Cohen a free agent? Cause if he's not, he will be back from that ACL. So, you know, there is that. I I'm, I'm not worried about it. I think it's so solid. And when you think about the bears, they are like the traditional mm-hmm. round and pound. And I think he just fits into the system. He fits into what the fans recognize and identify with. You know, you, you say, hey, Andy Dalton's there now. Look at how Zeke fell off. That's the argument I hear all the time. And that's a valid argument. However, Andy Dalton stepping up for Dak was like, it would be like, uh, I, I can't even come up with a comparison. It would be <laughs> like 
Michael Jordan playing baseball. Like he was asked to do so much that he's never done and that mm-hmm. he doesn't fit his play style. And I think, yeah. you know, bears aren't out here playing Jerry ball, trying to pass for 400 yards a game and score 10 touchdowns. They are okay. Grounding and pounding. And I think even yep. Montgomery, he went here mm-hmm. and they loved him for what he was that he, they're not going to make him try to be something he's not. And I think that's going to be really, really good for everyone mm-hmm. involved. Yeah, and I know that we I know that we're talking about 2020 in review, but I, I do just want to say, since it is still technically the 2020 offseason and they did this before the new league year, they went they really did um before the before the start of the new league year. The reports that they went hard after Russell Wilson, like offering three first round picks and two undisclosed players, shows that you know, even though even though they're still gonna have not the best um quarterback situation they're they're at least trying and they at least acknowledge that the quarterback is a problem and that they at least try to do something about it bad organizations are just like oh you know we're not gonna do anything we're fine with i think a report's a report a report i don't think russell wilson fits into the identity of chicago and i mean it's hard to turn a player like that down but I, I don't think that that was as serious as as the reports may lead on. And, and you have to do your due diligence and just kind of mm-hmm. throw some, uh, you know, talk out there and see what it would take. But I think if they were really serious, this is a Bears team that could have pulled the trigger and gotten that deal done. So let's move on because mm-hmm. the next team is another really fun team to talk about. And that is the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings, uh, strong offense and uh, not a strong defense. So the <laughs> stats, they look good on paper. 340 nine completions for 4,265 yards for Kirk Cousins, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, quarterback 11 in fantasy. Dalvin Cook, 312 rushes for 1,557 yards, 16 touchdowns. He also added 44 receptions for 361 yards. Justin Jefferson had 88 grabs for 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. Adam Thielen, 74 receptions for 925, 14 touchdowns. Irv Smith, 30 receptions, five touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph, 28 receptions, one touchdown. Minnesota Vikings, man, they were fun to watch last year. Yeah, they were. They were. Go ahead and talk about your favorite, Justin Jefferson. Okay, I'm going to go talk about my Justin Justin Jefferson. And I actually went back to show notes. I like that we're using you know docs and we can kind of easily go back and get our show notes. Because oh, yeah. this is what I said during our draft show last year. My draft winner, Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from the Minnesota Vikings. Reason why, Minnesota Vikings had 94 vacated targets from Stefan Diggs alone. They like Jefferson went out and got their man. I remember there were people saying that he went too high in the draft, but he was their guy. Um, I said, I expect what you went 22. How could people say that he went too high when he went at, like in the twenties? Hindsight is 2020 pun intended. You see what I did there? <laughs> see what I did there. Now um, I said, the sky was the limit for someone replacing the oft injured dig who while oft injured digs, who while being a superstar, he was just always banged up. Mm-hmm. Jefferson had 111 receptions, 1,540 yards, 18 touchdowns, 2019 in his junior year in LSU. And I said he has a chance to be a dynamic one year one contributor. Did he mm-hmm. ever? 125 oh, yeah. targets. 125 targets. That is 125 of the 94 vacated targets <laughs> went to Justin Jefferson. 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, wide receiver, six and a half PPR. Still 35 points below Diggs, who played 16 games for the first time in his career. And I can't say enough. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Diggs, their careers are forever going to be tied together. One superstar wide receiver on the way out, one superstar wide receiver on the way in. JJ Mm -hmm. is one of the top dynasty wide receivers. He's actually my number three. And I absolutely love what he has going on. I love what he brings to the team. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, what a win-win situation. Vikings win yeah. because they didn't have to spend Diggs money yet. Uh, Justin Jefferson won because he went to the best possible landing spot, and he's going to one day get Stefan Diggs money, and Stefan Diggs plays the best season of his career. So, uh, and yeah. he's with Josh Allen on a team that's Super Bowl-bound. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm just going to talk about Dalvin Cook real quick because – I mean, I have to take my victory lap on him. Everybody was always like, oh, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. He's always always injured. And I was just like, hey, you know, he's two years removed from that injury. We need to stop talking about how that's going to impact him. And he's played two he's played two full seasons now. Yes, he's missed a game or two, but he's not missed multiple games in the last two years, at least to, to my memory. But anyway, I wish I didn't get scared and trade him because I trade I traded him because of the contract situation. I still had Chubb and Elliott, and I was and I was still fine. But still, anyway, um, this uh, this offense was like Madden levels of stats. You know the you know the entire offense was absolute baller. All four play, all four of their core players: Cousins, Cook, Thielen, and Jefferson. All were in the top. Were in their top tiers. You know, Kirk Cousins, QB eleven, QB one. So he was a QB one. Um, Dalvin Cook was the number three running back. He was an RB one. Thielen and Justin Jefferson were six and eight respectively. They, they, you know, they, they were they were both wide receiver ones. Justin Jefferson was more than deserving of being offensive rookie of the year if he did not have to go up against the uh, up against jo- um, Justin Herbert. The Vikings have a solid offensive core, and I think Irv Smith will be a good um, fantasy asset as long as he doesn't get injured, but we always say that for for people who we don't want to see injured. And I just really want to see what, uh, what they do for 2021. They really, you know, that defense just needs to improve. And they did not improve this offseason. spoiler alert, and they are salary cap strapped at every turn. So let's fire it up again. Rerun boys. Let's go <laughs> set him back up. Um, <laughs> the one thing I do have to say, Adam Thielen at uh, wide receiver eight, had 14 touchdowns. I think even just two of those going away are going to drop him out of the top uh, wide receiver tier. He is a year older. So if I had to say up trending up on one, Justin Jefferson trending down on another, maybe Adam Thielen. I would, I would kind of agree with you on that. Well, he, um, could, it, he could trend down and still have an amazing season. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? I think, I think, I think 10 touchdowns is, is realistic. I think the yardage will go up a little bit. Um, you know, because, because they're not going to have as many mouths to feed, but, um, but you know, I think the yardage goes up. I think the touchdowns come down for Thielen. All right. Now let's move on. Talk about the final team, Detroit lions. They had a heck of a year. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, that's, that's what we're going to say. We're not even going to talk about the wins and losses. We're just, they had a season. Matt Stafford, 339 completions, 4,084 yards, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That landed him just outside quarterback one at quarterback 15. Adrian Peterson, 156 attempts, 604, seven touchdowns. We should never have to name him as the running back one, but he was. DeAndre Swift, 114 attempts, 521 and eight. He had Marvin Jones, 76 touchdowns, seven 76 receptions. They were not all touchdowns. That would be an amazing stat if they were. 978 yards. Nine touchdowns. You had Danny Amendola, 50, 46 receptions. I can't read today. 602 yards. Quinton Cephas, 20 receptions, two touchdowns. Kenny Galladay, 20 receptions, two touchdowns in an injury-plagued season. They went back-to-back at 102 and 103 for wide receivers. And TJ Hawkinson, 67 receptions, 723 yards, six touchdowns, and the tight end four. 
in fantasy football. Steve, I know you want to talk about the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I I, I, I kind of put in the, the 102, 103 back-to-back as kind of a joke because it was, it was like, you know, <laughs> it was just that bad. Um, well, and, and, someone's and, not a great wide receiver and someone else <laughs> missed a lot of games. That's you put them together and you get a, a basket of, of yeah. wide receiver fives. But I, I can't think of an offense right now that has been thoroughly gutted more than the Lions this year. Jones, Galladay, Amendola are all gone. They're, they're, that just leaves Cephas and Hawkinson and Swift to anchor the offense. So the question is, are these three players enough to build around for an offensive core? Absolutely. I think that this team actually improved by gutting those players. Okay. Danny Amendola, we love Danny Amendola. He's just not the Danny Amendola of 2005 anymore. It just is <laughs> what it is. I don't think that's a big loss. Marvin Jones had a good year last year, but he's been so undependable uh, for ever, for year in and year out. He's a big body target, and he should have done better in his tenure with Detroit. 100%. Okay. 100% true. Adrian Peterson's gone. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. And look, look who they bring in. I mean, they lost Adrian Peterson. They brought in Jamal Williams. That's a step up in my book. I think that this team I, I would agree has a that. chance to do some some good. They do still have Carryon Johnson. I believe Adrian Peterson isn't gone yet, but he's not being renewed. So we'll see how that all lands out there. Mm. But I, I don't think this team is that bad on paper. I think this could be a five win team, a five and twelve <laughs> team. And yeah, and I, I really bad do on mean paper that. winning five games. <laughs> well, it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, you know, okay. it's okay. it's football's a tough game and they do. So let, let's talk a little bit about last season because that is what we are focusing on. We don't have a top running back here. This is kind of the, the asterisk of the NFC North. Yeah. I mean, uh, De- DeAndre Swift is going to be that um, good, versatile catch and run. I, I expect him, I expect the, those numbers to go up now that he's going to be healthy and he's not going to be missing games. Uh, you know, he, because cause he, he didn't play a lot of games and he was running back 18. He was running back 18. He had a strong, he had a strong middle of the year. Um, I can't remember the end of his year. I he think missed, it, uh, he missed weeks 10, 11, uh, 11, 12 and 13. But then when he came back to me, it was just the usage was all over the place. He had uh, a 14 touch, uh, 14 uh, rush game in week six. Then he comes back with nine, six, 13, 16 out for three games, comes back seven, 15, 10, 12, it was all over the place. Yeah. And it, 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 it didn't seem to be game flow dependent. It just seemed to be kind of random. And I don't like random for mm. fantasy football. I, I like even keel and predictable. Yeah, uh, I, there's just one more player I want to talk about, and that is Quintess Cephas. Um, looking, just looking ahead for 2021, I, I really think that he could have a breakout year. This kid's tall. He has speed and he won't be fifth on the death chart. Um, he has all the, even though he was a fifth round pick, he has all the intangibles of a number one receiver and is physical at the point of contact with the ball. He had one touchdown. Um, he had one touchdown uh, this past year where he just, he just stole a man's soul. He just jumped, grabbed it over another man and just came down on it on his back. And I just want to see what he has. I, Agree, he is not fifth on the depth chart for wide receivers. I actually have him on as number six on the depth chart for wide receivers. I could not be further out on Quentin Cephas. I have Danny Amendola being replaced in the draft. I really think they're going to go out and look for a slot type wide receiver to line up next to TJ Hawkinson. Um, in you know, kind of in the in on the interior, 
Brashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams on the outside. I like them. And they have uh, Victor Bolden Jr., who hasn't had a chance to show out. I don't think Quentin Cephas is going to take that next step up unless they move him to the slot. I, I don't know. You're, you're, I just... you're, you're talking about Tyrell Williams, the guy who's like in his 30s, I think. And From Las never... Vegas? Heck yeah, man. He's ready. Barely, barely has shown out in any season that he's played. Twenty nine years old. Twenty nine years old. I, I really yeah. like. I like them together. I, I, I do. I have to say, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. A Quentin Cephas. We'll we'll write that one down as uh, Steve's pick. Quentin Cephas. <laughs> and, 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 and you know the quarterback, Jared Goff. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I has Jared Goff had a problem putting up wide receiver one numbers. I mean, Robert Woods had a significant um, step down this past year from the from twenty nineteen. So did yeah, well, I mean, it was the same quarterback. I, I definitely think that uh, we're going to see some stuff out of this Detroit team that you're not expecting. Okay, that's my prediction. Okay, we're not we're not doing predictions. We're just doing recaps. So, guys, thank you for joining us here at ID Sports. Make sure you click the uh, bell icon so you can get notified when our new videos come out. And thank you for joining us here at ID Sports. 